needed. I want to say a couple of thank yous. Uh, one thank you to Jackie uh, for welcoming everybody today. She actually hates doing that. Um, and uh, I appreciate that she's willing to do so. Also, a big thank you to Henry Woolley, who is working our projectors today. It's great to get our young people involved. So I think Henry's like maybe 11, 12 years old, and he did a great job doing that projection. So thank you to him as well. My name is Brent Fugate. I'm the senior pastor here at Byfield Parish Church. If you're visiting here with us today, it's wonderful to have you with us. So I am here today because I moved to Massachusetts with my wife, Anne, and our 16-month-old son, Josiah, in August of 2009 to attend Gordon-Conwell Seminary. Anne was in her second trimester of pregnancy with our second son, Levi, at the time. I was excited to be starting graduate school, but also a little concerned. My primary concern was how I was going to provide for a family of four. In addition to our month-to-month -month financial needs, I also knew that school itself was expensive. I needed to pay tuition and books and cover other expenses. I had prayed God would provide financially in such a way that I would be able to complete the seminary with no new debt. So with this in mind, I immediately started looking for a job was fairly confident with my nursing background I would be able to find something and within a couple of weeks I got a call back from a few of the places I'd applied. One of those businesses was called Northeast Clinical Services. Northeast provides nursing care for chronically ill pediatric patients in private homes and also group home settings. And they hired me to work at a group home they had down in Burlington. And I still remember the feeling I had as I walked in for my first 11.30 p.m. to 7.30 a.m. shifts. It was a feeling of dread. I knew from the moment I walked through those doors that my work there was not meaningful to me or to anyone else. I knew I would not enjoy the task I was given to complete. The only reason I was there was to make enough money to provide for my family. I ended up working at that group home in Burlington for seven years. It's the longest I've ever worked at any job. And you might be thinking, oh, he must, his perspective must have changed. Nope. At no point did I enjoy it. At no point did I think what I was doing was important work. Mostly, I thought the position I filled there was a waste of taxpayer dollars that could have been eliminated. We are now in the third week of a sermon series focused on work. And today we are going to wrangle with the reality of work many people find themselves in. Working jobs they do not enjoy or believe in, 
so that they can have sufficient funds to meet their ongoing financial needs. The Bible recognizes this experience of work is not uncommon. So with that in mind, let's turn to Acts chapter 18. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. We will then jump forward to Acts chapter 20 and read verses 33 through 35. So starting in Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, hear the word of the Lord. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome and he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. Now, jumping forward to chapter 20, verses 33 through 35, we hear Paul talking about his work to the Ephesian elders. He says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. This is actually the second time in under a year I am preaching on the verses that we read from Acts chapter 18. At the beginning of our studies of the book of 1 Corinthians, we looked at these verses to better understand the church in Corinth. Today we are returning to these same verses for our series on work. Christians often get confused when we talk about work, jobs, and calling. Our goal today is to clarify that confusion a bit by exploring Paul's experience of work, jobs, and calling. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, worked as a tent maker. Think just for a second about that. If you were to make a list of the hundred most influential thinkers in the history of the world, Paul would definitely be on it. He would probably be top 10. I'm, I'm not even saying this from a Christian perspective. From a neutral, historical perspective, the words Paul wrote down impacted the, succeed, the, the succeeding generation's thought. The Reformation wouldn't have happened without Paul. Christianity, in all of its forms, would have looked very different. This man, Paul, who is so important, spent the majority of his time, at least in a portion of his ministry, making tents. 
He would go to work at a regular job that did not utilize his immense intellectual gifts. He would sit and do repetitive blue-collar work all day. If you were like me, your knowledge is limited of the effort required to manufacture tents 2,000 years ago. It was not an easy job. Tents were made out of leather. You can imagine how difficult it would be to sew pieces of leather together by hand. Although due to a slight lack of clarity regarding the best translation of the Greek here, there's also the possibility that what Paul was doing was weaving a coarse fabric out of goat's hair. I'm not sure which of those jobs is better. I actually think putting together leather tents is better than making fabric out of goat hair, but I, I have no idea. Whatever Paul was doing, it is clear he was not cross-stitching. His, his job was not a fun side hobby. He was participating in an industry that required a tough physical labor. While being a tent maker did require some knowledge and skill, it would not have been a job that garnered any sort of social status with it. Paul had probably learned the trade as a young boy. Rabbis were expected to have some trade by which they could support themselves. Now, many tradespeople at the time would have been the modern-day equivalent of small business owners. But this was not the situation Paul was in. He was an employee of his friends Priscilla and Aquila. To recap what we have established thus far, Paul, one of history's most important people, spent the majority of his time in Corinth as a blue-collar worker specializing either in leather tents or making goat's hair fabric in the employment of his friends. The fact Paul worked as a tent maker has significant implications for how we as modern Christians think about the work we do today. Two weeks ago, in the first sermon on this series, I stated that human beings are made for meaningful work. How do we square that statement, which is biblical, with the fact that Paul worked as a tent maker? Are we to believe that Paul found his work as a tent maker meaningful? It seems unlikely that in addition to Paul being the apostle to the Gentiles, he just had a real passion for making high quality tents. Was Paul failing to be faithful to what God was calling him to in this instance? Should he have given up tent making, trusting that God would provide? It seems like when you talk to many people today, the way they talk about their own situation implies this would have been the best thing 
for Paul to do. If you pick up a Christian book focused on work, you will probably not get too far before the topic of calling comes up. Calling is often defined as the meaningful work God has called an individual to. It is true that every person has a calling, some way to build God's kingdom. We should all be living out our calling. Problems arise when calling, the work God has for a person, is assumed to be inseparable from their job, the work they do for a paycheck. Let me try to unravel this a bit. I believe my calling right now is to be a pastor. It is also the job I get paid to do. It is nice that my calling and job overlap. For many people, Paul and Corinth being one, their calling and job do not overlap in the same way. I always get a little annoyed when the topic of work comes up in Christian settings because we struggle to delineate calling from a job. This plays out in a variety of ways. You will see Christians jump from job to job because the things they are being paid to do are not their calling. They're constantly in search of that job that's going to be their calling. Or you will talk to Christians who stay in a job but feel guilty the whole time because they know they're not living out their calling. Whenever the topic of calling comes up, I always think about what a Christian living in an impoverished country would think if they were to overhear the conversations that take place in American churches. I imagine they would be a bit confused to overhear any angst we express about the lack of alignment between the work we do for money and the work God has called us to. I don't think Christians that are working as subsistence farmers in Nigeria or sweatshop workers in China have any conviction that the job they do is the work they have been called to by God. They just know they need to eat. The way conversations around work, calling, and jobs play out in Christian circles in the United States, it just reflects how incredibly privileged we are. In Corinth, Paul models what many people's experience of work will be. Paul's job in Corinth is tent making. His calling there, the work God has for him was reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Needless to say, the financial rewards of the calling God had given him were not great. Nobody was paying Paul to reason in the synagogue on the Sabbath. The fact is, Paul needed money for housing, food, and other things. 
he found a job making tents to support his calling. If in one of Paul's letters to the Thessalonians, he wrote, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Paul's own experience was a fulfillment of this command. He understood that sometimes you have to do a job that lacks meaning to avoid starvation. Such a situation is not ideal, but it is better than the alternative. Paul did a job that made it possible for him to do his calling. Being a tent maker, to me, that sounds like a boring, terrible job. I doubt Paul woke up every morning excited to go make tents. Even if he enjoyed it, which is unlikely, the time he spent making tents was time he couldn't spend being an apostle to the Gentiles, right? Tent making gave him the financial resources he needed to live in Corinth. It was a means to an end. Corinth was where he felt called to preach in the synagogue. He could not afford to live there apart from this job. Many people today, maybe most people today, will find themselves in the same situation Paul found himself in. Some of you do a job for a paycheck. Recognizing this is necessary does not mean you are failing to live the type of life God has for you any more than it meant that for Paul. Accepting that the job you work is not meant to give your life meaning and purpose can help you be at peace with the time you spend there. What we do for a paycheck isn't necessarily what God has shaped us for and called us to. Even jobs that allow people to do the callings God has given them will include responsibilities that do not fit with what a person is called to. I think this is part of the reason that I get so annoyed about these conversations around jobs and calling as I, as I have often experienced them. When I was a nurse, I had to do a lot of charting. I did not feel called to charting. For me, it was mainly a distraction from caring for people. However, I recognized it was an important part of the job. That doesn't mean I ever found satisfaction in it. It was just something I had to get through. While it is often necessary to work a job, to have the cash needed, to live out our calling, we also must take a moment to recognize there are times when a person needs to leave their job because it is keeping them from their calling. Quite a few people are in jobs that act as golden handcuffs. The job pays them well, it allows them to have a nice house and save for retirement. All the job asks in exchange is that it be the thing that person builds their life around. 
The job restricts the person doing it from living out their calling. Such golden handcuffs make it impossible to do what God has made them for. Sometimes a job is a means God provides for us to do the work he has called us to. When this is the case, we must not confuse it with our calling. We must make sure it is not making us impossible for us to do our calling. If it is, we need to find a different job. This may also mean living on less money. Dividing the way we think about work into a job that is done for money to survive and a calling from, from God creates a clear division that often doesn't exist in life as we live it. In Paul's case, his job and his calling from God overlapped more than one might suppose. I want to reread that second set of verses we read today. There, Paul is speaking to the leadership of the church in Ephesus, but he could just as easily have been describing his time in Corinth. He says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The way Paul went about his job as a tent maker was key to him doing what he had been called to do as an apostle. He was able to say to anyone that questioned his motivations that he was not out for their money, that he paid his own way. Paul's ministry was more impactful because he worked a job to make money for his own needs. He put his money where his mouth was. Those he spoke to, now they could still disregard those words. They could not accuse Paul of being a charlatan that was trying to take advantage of others for financial gain. While we can't know for sure, there's a good chance that parts of this Bible that you hold today were originally paid for by Paul's efforts as a tent maker. In the ancient world, sending a letter was incredibly expensive. It is estimated by scholars that the supplies for the letter of 1 Corinthians alone would have cost a minimum of $2,000 in today's currency. Paul either found a sponsor to cover these costs, or he paid for them himself. Whoever paid for the letters of Paul that make up the majority of the New Testament, you cannot separate the job Paul worked as a tent maker from the work he was called to by God. The same should be true for us. This means our jobs can have value to God 
even when that value is not obvious to us. One of my brother-in-laws is a good example of this. He has a job working as a sales rep specializing in veterinary medicine. What he does is he drives around all day talking to different veterinarians in his area about medications the company he works for has developed to treat dogs and cats. He doesn't consider the work he does particularly important. If he stopped doing this job, somebody else would certainly fill the position as it pays quite well. Even if the job didn't exist at all, it would only mean that some dogs and cats would not live quite as long. While he enjoys pets, he does not think of helping extend their lives as being a calling for his life. On top of all this, he is passionate about living out his faith. He enjoys learning about the Bible and teaching others, it is easy for him to question if his job is just a set of golden handcuffs. The thing is, the money he makes at his job is money that he and my sister use to live out their call. They are constantly hosting people at their home. They are generous with their finances. Every time Ann and I come in town, we go out to dinner with them, and they never, they never will let us pay. My brother-in-law, he was able to afford to buy a nice lawnmower, which he uses to mow my parents' yard, which would be difficult for them to do. A couple of years ago, he and my sister adopted three, Sorry, I wasn't expecting to get checked up. Adopted three kids out of foster care that they send to a private Christian school. His ability to live out the work God has called him to is inseparable from the job he works. Whatever job any of us does, we need to evaluate how it complements or impedes our calling from God. If it complements our calling, we should look at it in a positive light. We may not enjoy the tasks that go with it. We can take satisfaction in knowing it makes our calling possible. If a job impedes our calling, it is right to think about making adjustments are finding a different job to do. I want to be clear on this. Nobody should take such a significant step without a lot of thought, prayer, and wise counsel from fellow Christians. But that doesn't mean nobody should take that step. I dare say, in a room this size, there is somebody that should. Every overnight shift, I worked at the group home in Burlington as a nurse for seven years was drudgery. I can't remember looking forward to a single one. The highlight of each night 
was the Coke that I would save until 2 a.m. Despite my feelings about that job, I recognize now it was the means through which God provided so that I could do what he had called me to do. It was one of the major reasons I was able to support my family as a full-time seminary student. I graduated with no new debt as I had prayed. In my first full-time pastoral job, I continued to work at the Burlington House to be able to afford to live in this area. If it weren't for the money I made through that job, I would probably be back in Tennessee right now. I want to say it was an ideal setup, but it didn't feel that way to me at the time. It did provide everything I needed a job to provide at the time, though. It was easy, it was flexible, it paid well. If Paul were handing out business cards in Corinth, I think they would have said, Paul, apostle to the Gentiles tent maker. We remember his work as an apostle. His work as a tent maker is what funded his job as an apostle. Everyone has a calling from God. Some will get paid for their calling. Some will need a job to pay for that calling. Today's sermon was really for the latter group. If you find yourself working a job to have money for life, know that you are not alone. Paul was in that group as well. Jobs done to make it possible for you to do the work God has called you to do are worth doing. Let's close with Paul's words from Acts chapter 20, verse 35. 